I'm Elise. And I'm Lizzie. And you're listening to Cool Moms Podcast. Are we on the air? This is Cool Moms, a bi-weekly podcast highlighting women at various stages in motherhood who make their passions and parenting a priority. Seal, Lizzie, what do you do? Now I can say I'm a mother. That's cute. Right? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I am, I hate that question. I am a designer of a brand called William Opo. And no, hype that up. That's a big deal. I'm a, I'm a designer of a brand called William Opa. We've been around for quite a bit now. And it does women's wear. And I do it with my sister, Darlene. And um, William Opa was named after our father, who we're deeply inspired by. He's a fashion icon. So we <laughs> named it after him. And we are nine years in the making. Damn. I know. How'd that happen? Crazy. I don't think I've done anything for nine years. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. good for you. I um, I'm a new mommy too. Yeah. yeah, Lizzie and I apparently planned having children together without knowing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a three month old son. I also am a visual artist and educator and writer mm-hmm. and media host. Now this podcast, but also of various uh, shows on the interwebs that you can Google and find me. And now that Lizzie and I. So Lizzie and I knew each other when, when I first moved to New York, like yes. five or six years ago. Yes, my God. I know. This is when you were wearing wigs before everybody else was wearing oh, wigs. we call them hats? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but there were bad wigs, Lizzie. Ooh, ooh, going back to horrible. We need to, like, ooh, pull up photos. No, no. We're not. <laughs> they look so crunchy. All my wigs look crunch. Yeah, it's fine. It was a look. Lizzie and I knew each other when we were really young and, and dumb and mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. It was so fun. It was fun. It was cute for us. And our, like, our highlights, I think, were watching Ratchet Reality TV on like Mondays together. Yes. Remember when I used to come over your apartment yes. and we watch? Yeah. And yes. we would make really fancy food yes. and watch bad TV. Yes. And so then... Nothing's changed. Because <laughs> I still true. get those Monday shows. I still do too. <laughs> <laughs> I wait for them to load up and I watch them at midway, midnight when my baby's asleep. You used to make me some really good vegetables. You're the only one who got me to eat vegetables, like on some like adult stuff. You used to, she used really? to saute some kale really good. I was like, I don't eat this. I eat a bacon, egg, and cheese. <laughs> Stop pepper ketchup. <laughs> That's funny. I forgot yes. about that. Yep. So... Uh, I would say, and then Lizzie and I lost touch for a little while, mm-hmm. and I saw on Instagram that you were pregnant because mm-hmm. the internet helps you keep up with everyone. It's in everybody's business. Everybody's business. Mm-hmm. And uh, you text. I don't know if maybe I told you that. Okay, no, well you did, but yeah, you tell you want to tell your partner. You tell your part. I'll tell my part. Okay, okay. okay. So I had I feel like the longest labor of life. Um, I was in labor for four days, but. <laughs> You don't know the story. That still happens in 2018 because I was really committed to having a home birth. Mm. So before I was actually in labor and I was like, I was also two weeks past my due date. Mm. My family was in town. Friends came and left because he was late. And I was stressed 
because I'm like, I must perform. I must birth mm. this baby for mm. everyone mm. to see. And I, I just, it was not happening. So I was like going back and forth to acupuncture. And in the midst of me, like being very stressed, Lizzie texts me. And then oh, the light. And then you were the light. I was like, thank you, God. You knew that I needed it. Oh. Okay, my story. So being pregnant, I was like, I don't want nobody know I'm pregnant. I actually wanted an entire one-year-old with nobody know. <laughs> I thought that was gonna happen. And it wasn't, it was just what I wanted. I wasn't trying to be exclusive. Like we weren't hiding from the feds. It was none of that. I just mm. wanted to have my baby to myself. And I didn't want to be on the internet. I didn't want it to be a thing. I just mm. didn't, I don't want to know. I didn't want anyone to know. Um, and then uh, I was having a baby. And um, I think I found out, I think I'll mute you. My close friend Ashley was like, at least it's having a baby too. Cause I told them later. I told them when I was like five months. Uh, my best. <laughs> so you're a very good she's friend. my best friend. So I told them I was about five months. Wow. Sure did. Like and a teen she's mom. she's like, at least you're trying to bathe me. And I was like, well, because I'm not, I, I'm on the internet, but I'm not that much on the internet. So when you, and this is another thing we are talking about earlier, when you know someone's business, what do you do with it? So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, she's having a baby. I'm having a baby. I should reach out. And I didn't. I thought the same thing. And then I didn't. Yeah. And you yeah. did it. And that's, mm-hmm. that's messed up. You yeah. know, it's so messed up. And that's what I was thinking in my head. I was like, then why you got to know someone's business if you ain't going to do nothing about it? So I just have this sitting, this information sitting in the back of my head. I'm just going to act like it don't exist. And we're having a baby. And I was thinking, I was like, wait, what if she has the baby the same time I have the baby? Right. You know, and then my friends were like, oh, yeah, you guys should like, you guys got to be friends. You know, like <laughs> as if we weren't friends already. But we, again, lost touch. So it's like, how do, do we reconnect based on us having babies? At this point, I was still very independent. Like, oh, I'm having my baby myself. I don't need no baby friends. I don't need no baby mom friends. I am who I am. I'm by myself. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a lone wolf. Blah. So December happened. Actually, my due date was January 6th. It's January, what's January 6th? And I told everybody that my baby was going to come out December 29th. <laughs> <laughs> because that's what I wanted. My sister's birthday is December 29th. Akeem's mother, who I dearly love, she's like another best friend, her birthday is December 29th. So I was like, let's just make it a, a trio here. So I told everybody my birth, the birth was going to be December 29th, and it was cute at the time. And then December 29th <laughs> came, and everybody was like, Every five seconds, they was like, where the baby at? Where the baby at? Where the baby at? And I was losing my mind. I didn't want to be around anybody. And I just kept getting messages. People didn't care what I was doing. I was stressing, and I felt like I had to perform. And I just wanted to shut down, as I already was shutting down months before. And I didn't want anything to do with anybody. And when I got that text message, my phone was ringing off the hook December 28th to January 6th. And I was like, leave me alone. Leave me alone. Finally went through the birth. January 6th, my due date. Oh, wow. I explained how that happened. And not for nothing, I had so much help that I didn't expect because I wanted to be such a lone wolf. But I had Akeem's aunts cleaning my house for the two weeks, mm. like bringing me soup. And I don't, I'm not used to that. Like, I thought, like, I didn't realize how much that help and and love was so necessary. So and I needed. appreciated it so much. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is great. And I'm getting so much love and I didn't expect this. Won't you reach out to somebody? And won't you see how Lisa's going through? Because if she's going through the, the annoyance that you're going through, that can't be fun. Mm. So I was like, well, maybe she had a baby already. And I was like, let me just reach out and tell her if she ain't have a baby yet, don't answer her phone because people are annoying. <laughs> and that's what I did. I was like, I hope you're well. And I don't want to bother you because I'm being that annoying person that everyone was to me. But if people are, if you didn't have your baby yet, just... Just shut down, like step away mm. because people are going to suck the living life out of you and you're stressing and you're going to feel like you're performing and you don't need to be performing. Totally. And when you sent me that text, so my due date was December 30th. I gave birth on January 15th. Wow. 
Uh, right. So when, you t- when you text me, I was in my bathroom getting ready to go to the acupuncturist again so I could de-stress and hopefully induce labor. And you text me and I started crying because I was just like, oh. I'm so stressed and this is what I needed and I don't have any friends who have babies. Exactly. And right. I feel like I was probably crying when I sent you the text too. Because <laughs> my baby was probably emo. crying. Right. <laughs> Don't answer your phone. I was like, and I was serious. I was like, turn off that phone. Mm-hmm. And it was. It, of course, like you hype everyone up. You tell them your due date, whatever. So... Yeah, I was really grateful for that. So that's how Lizzie and I ended up reconnecting because now we got babies yes. that are the same age. Um, and what I didn't realize and I'm so grateful for was like, you have to have mommy friends. Yeah. Because your single friends don't want to hear about yeah. your baby. Yeah. And when I was texting you, my fingers were just going nuts. We were just, it was just like, oh, I got this to say. I got this to say. And I was like, look at me who thought I didn't have to talk to not a damn soul. <laughs> right. Just telling her all my business. I was like, yeah, I peed yesterday. Did you pee today? It was like anything. You just wanted to share. Anything. <laughs> Are your ankles swollen? Yes. When you gave birth, did you still look five months pregnant? Because right. I do. <laughs> I was like, what why you wearing? Do, why do I look like Tiana Taylor? Why my stomach still fat? What? I swore I was supposed to Oh, I totally thought. I was like exercising and yoging and doing all the things. And uh, I ended up having a C-section after all of that. <sighs> so when I got home from the hospital, my legs were so swollen that they looked like tree trunks. I, I was <laughs> thinking like, okay. Now that I've become a mom, all these people hit me up about mommy questions. And I'm like, I know, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've connected. You connected me with some other cool mom friends. Mm-hmm. And I think that became a theme of like, I want cool mom friends. Yeah. I don't want just moms mm-hmm. who friends. We are friends because we're mothers. Yeah. Oh, I think that is so whack. And that's what I was scared of. This is like, no, I'm doing this solo dolo. I don't want to talk to anybody because you're mother. We don't got to be cool. And our babies don't have to play. This week in motherhood, I always threaten people with breast milk. <clears throat> I It was one of those days where it was like 70-something degrees in New York. Like, oddly. You mean that yeah, one day? That, the one day that it was 70s. And like the entire New York City came out. So first I stop off in my local market, Mr. Mango. Okay. And I run into some... <laughs> Uh, people who had purchased my book, this children's book that I illustrated. And so it's like this moment, they're like, oh, we should like, talk more about that. Oh, it's okay. it's okay. called How Mamas Love Their Babies. Yes, um, it's available everywhere. Ooh. <laughs> hey, I don't know nobody who got a book that's available everywhere. <laughs> Thanks. Um, so, right. So I'm having this whole moment where I'm like feeling my beat and like, oh, thank you so much for supporting me in my book. And I feel a funny feeling and I look down mm-hmm. Okay, so 70-something degrees. I'm feeling myself. I put on this little dress. I never wore a bra before getting pregnant and having a child. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I didn't know. We used to run together, too. And I don't know how that even happened. <laughs> okay. Would I run without a bra? I think you ran without a bra. I believe you. I'm, I'm embarrassed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay. It's 2018 now. It's a different so, time. It's okay. Um, I'm talking to them. And I don't have a bra on. And all of a sudden, I feel something. And my friend's like, oh, my God, your breast is leaking. And my whole left breast is just dripping milk out Ooh. of the dress onto the floor. Did you did you have a pump before then? Or did you start pumping at the time? You pumped before. Yeah, this was like the other week. Oh, yeah, that's true. Because you've been pumped. I've been pumping. Hey. Yeah. Uh, whatever. So that happens. I'm like, oh, I'm very full. We go to the park. I'm telling the women at the park who are not mothers the story. And they were like, oh, my God, we'll try your breast milk. Seriously? That's what I said. I was like, seriously? 
Only two of the women I knew, the other four women I had just met. I want you to know that we pulled out a... Okay, let me preface this by saying I was sober. However, there were like copious amounts of beer bottles and rosé bottles already empty by the time I got to the picnic. So they were like, we'll taste your breast milk. So I pulled my breast out and I squirted it into a cup. (laughs) Did I hear a slurp sound? (laughs) Oh, I could have sworn I heard... But I'm my finger. That was your internal okay, dialogue. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> I squirt the milk into a cup and I pass it around to everyone. And they all take shots of my breast milk Mm-mm. and chase it with rose. Wow. And I'll have you know that the general consensus was that my breast milk tastes like strawberries and cream. So I use my baby as a bib. But she uses me as a bib, so we equal. But I knew it was a pattern. Every time I would eat anything, a full meal, gourmet meal, whether it be spaghetti, salmon, anything, just not a hot soup yet. It, okay, hot soup yesterday. It was Jamaican hot soup last week, but it only it fell on her sweatpants. But anyway, so I remember I just noticed that I would eat spaghetti, and I looked down after having a conversation or watching whatever with her on my lap, and there's just straight up spaghetti on her forehead and the the pasta and the back of her neck, and I'm just like. <sighs> So then I was talking to Keen about it, but actually I didn't really confess. He confessed first. He was like, hey, I had to tell you something. Like, not for nothing. It was definitely a few um, drops of rice in the baby's hair. And I was like, oh, me too. I was like, me too. Me too. We had rice and peas. In the baby's hair and I had spaghetti. So yeah, so the third, that lovely third accent that you've been hearing. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Is our very first guest of Cool Moms. It is Zoe Buckman. Zoe, all the way from East London. Ooh, that's pretty one more time. Like all the way from East London. <laughs> <laughs> a multidisciplinary artist working in sculpture, installation, and photography, exploring themes of feminism, mortality, and equality. And uh, most recently, mm-hmm. Zoe had a giant neon uterus go up on Sunset Boulevard. Sunset Boulevard, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I mean... Thanks, can you talk so about pretty. that right yeah sure um so that that piece is called champ and um it's actually I, I made a smaller version of it before the election and um <clears throat> it's um it's a neon uterus it's the outline of the full female reproductive system but in place of the ovaries I use boxing gloves and I was boxing at the time I was learning how to fight and I was feeling like um, both on a personal level, I had weathered a lot physically and emotionally. Um, and I was just, feel, I, I felt like I was in defense mode in a, on a personal level. And then politically, obviously, in the run up to the election, we were coming into um, just a real uncovering of, of, of misogyny and sexism and scoring women and rape and reproductive rights and all of this chat circulating in the media again as it does every four years um (laughs) so this piece was um it was about you know the war on women and the fact that we are in fight mode but it was also celebratory and it was also about the natural resilience that uh that we all have and can harness and so You were saying that at the time you felt like you were in fight mode mm. personally. What was going on in your life when you became pregnant? 
Um, wow, that's a good question. So I, I, my daughter is about to be seven. Um, so a lot has changed for me over the course of the seven years. Um, when I was pregnant, I was just, I was in love. I was excited. Um, I was ready to take a little step back from my work and my hustle and just kind of give myself to the experience of getting pregnant. It was actually challenging for me. It took about a year. Um, I mean, I was a baby. I was 25. Um, but how old are you guys? Grown. Girl, we'll just stick with that. We'll just stick with girl. Um, so when I'm like, you know, it took some time, I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, it didn't take that long. But for me as a 25-year-old, I was like, what is happening? Why can't I get pregnant? Um, you wanted to get pregnant. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. It was no, totally, yeah, right. completely deliberate, um, intentional. I wanted to be a mother. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, yeah, Beautiful. yeah. Thank you, babe. I mean, I'm since divorced. The relationship didn't That's work fine. out. Um, thank you, babe. <laughs> um, so at the time it yeah, it was a really it was a really um incredible, um, joyful, beautiful period of my life. And then um it was after she was born that I really started to refocus my energy and my attention back into my career mm. and then how much how long after well that's a good question I mean I feel like it wasn't until I stopped breastfeeding when she was mm. one that I truly felt like wow now I'm back to myself mm. yeah like I was having ideas and things were percolating but I wasn't entirely I mean obviously like you can't really be productive when you're tied to a mm -hmm. uh, nursing schedule. Totally. Um, but I think also mentally and emotionally, like you're still, there's what they call the fourth trimester. It's this kind of spiritual trimester that where you are still attached. It's like, you might have cut the cord, but there's another cord. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I personally found it really difficult to commit to anything that wasn't my baby um until she was off the boob then it was like oh this is my body I cut my hair went pixie cut that was you know symbolic oh for me at the time yeah, yeah. literally I was about to chop my I told yeah. you I yes, called Lindsay I was like I'm, I'm about to cut my hair yeah off. it's that's powerful Ooh, yeah yeah mother's mother that's amazing <laughs> actually it's incredible thank you boo what what was that transition like logistically speaking like getting things done from when you were married and uh, mm. living in the same household yeah. to now being divorced and I guess in a way operating as a single mother. Yeah. I mean, now, um, you know, I, I only see my daughter half of the time now. So when she's with her dad, that's where I'm hella productive. Mm. And, and then when she's not, I'm less productive. Now, obviously my career can't grind to a halt for half of my life because yeah. um, of my daughter and she is also in school. Um, so I still, I can still commit to my career during those hours that she's in school. But like, I just say no to a bunch more stuff now. Like I'm not going to that art event or that opening or that talk or, you know, whatever it is. Um, if I don't have to, or if I don't really, really want to. Mm -hmm. um, I think really being a mother does, um, your time is just so much more precious. And um, yeah, you just have to start being really discerning, I think, with what you do. 
you ain't got time to fuck around at all yeah at all or like who you do it with yeah exactly mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> which is great <laughs> it's such true. a great lesson because it, it, you know we all need to go through that at some point whether we become a mother or not we all need to start culling like people that aren't serving us activities that aren't serving us um but really being a mum is an awakening in in that respect did you ever feel any pressure like i'd say eight months in you're mm. like okay well I got to get myself together. Because, oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yeah big time. That, that shit is so real. Um, pressures about, like, I I should I should look better than I look. I should mm. be creating more. I should be more eloquent. Why is it that I still can't string a sentence together? <laughs> Do you know what <laughs> right. I mean? I should have done more. My house should no longer be a mess. Mm. Mm. Um, mm. But, yeah, you got to cut yourself some slack and just be really, really kind to yourself. Yeah. Um, I think also when you have a baby less so when you have a child and I don't know what your experiences are I'd love to hear but I felt like I was the recipient of so much unsolicited advice like I mean I got that when I was unbelievable people straight up coming up to me and actually mainly women Ooh, absolutely oh older women coming up to me Here's a blanket for your baby. I was Ooh. sat over there. I just simply could not, could not. W- I'm like, it's July. My child is sleeping in my lap. She would not be able to sleep if she was cold, would she, bitch? Like, I, like, I don't want your blanket. I hope she takes a shit take on your blanket. Take your dirty ass right, Take your dirty ass blanket. Di- has the dynamic changed in terms of your interaction with uh, family now that you're separated? Like, oh, how's, yeah, how's yeah. your family structure? Um... Well, you know, when I was pregnant, I told my um, ex-husband, I'm still not used to calling him that, so weird. I told <laughs> my ex, it? It's, uh, we signed in, no, get nosy. <laughs> we signed in August, but we separated in 2016. Okay. So reasonably, you know, it's I mean, it's, 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 yeah, very still, fresh. still it's very fresh. fresh. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I told his parents that I intended to breastfeed and, you know, again, Jewish Americans, like they want to have all their checks and balances and make sure. And they were like, oh, well, you should just have some formula, you know, no. just in case. And I was like, no, no, I'm good. You know what? Like, because it's Manhattan, like, we can run out and get formula if for some reason it's not producing. For no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they knew this. So I had said, exactly for no reason, I said, I don't want formula. I don't want to buy any formula. I'll get some if I need. A package arrived. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A box. Mm -hmm. Giant box of Mm -hmm. formula right before I gave birth. Mm -hmm. And it's just like these subtle little things of like, I know that that's what you said, Zoe, but actually we know better and we're helping you. Yeah. This is a gift. And <laughs> take you know, it. Yeah, this is a gift. Just take the gift. And it's like, you're fucking, my breasts are now offended. Right. Like, you have offended my boobs because you have basically said that you don't trust in them. Yes. Just give them a chance, yes. man. <laughs> yes. Well, give yeah, them a chance. Yes, absolutely. Um, but, you know, now having, you know, separated and divorced and, and my daughter's going in between the two homes, there is less um, enmeshing of the two families, obviously. Um, it's, it's amicable and it's still, you know, it's still, we still maintain a bit of the village vibe, but mm. it is more kind of, you know, when 
Cleo's with mum, it's about mum and mum's family, and when she's with dad, it's about dad and dad's family. That's sweet. Yeah. yeah. What we do make sure to do is when we can, um, for the three of us to hang out, me, my daughter, and her dad. That's nice. Yeah, even if it's just like go or just go take a walk or go for breakfast or something like once a week. When she's um, with the, your ex-husband's mm. family, are there any rules? Like, listen, ex-husband, don't have your mama touching my baby's hair. <laughs> These are real things and boundaries. Oh, yeah, and no, I mean, there, yeah, there are there are rules. Um, mainly to do with, like, sugar and mm-hmm. nutrition because my daughter has a sweet tooth mm-hmm. and that side of the family has a sweet tooth. But to be fair, my mom breaks those all those rules. I feel like grandparents... That's what they're supposed to do. job. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that, mentioned that um, your ex-husband is Jewish. Mm-hmm. What, and you practice Hare Krishna? Yeah, well, I am, so technically, I guess I would call myself a bhakti yogi in okay. that. Um, but yeah, but other people would say, like, oh, you're a Hare Krishna, part of the Hare Krishna movement. But So I am, I mean, technically I'm a Jew, um, but we weren't brought up, me and my brothers weren't brought up within the religion or the tradition at all. We just, we're just culturally Jewish-ish. Okay, right. Um, food, some slang, some jokes. Jewish, exactly. Um, And then when my daughter was nine months old, I learned a meditation practice, which was instrumental for me like because mm. I'm an insomniac and being up with her and nursing I just basically I was incredibly sleep deprived mm. um and so a girlfriend said to me like if you only have between after you nurse her and you've burped her and you've changed the nappy and whatnot and then you got to be up three hours later and you don't have time to fall asleep before you have to be up again you could just close your eyes and meditate for 20 minutes and I'm like what what are you talking about? Right, She's like, no, that? no, I, I mean, I do it. I have a mantra. I was like, you have a mantra? <laughs> She's like, yeah, no, I got one. I learned a practice. I got given a mantra. So I was like, I want in. I want in on that. Um, so I learned this meditation practice. It's typically done twice a day, 20 minutes each, and um, each time. And you have a mantra that you just repeat in your mind silently. And you just sit up. And um, it's like the just... Yeah, it's really, for me, I found it really powerful. How long have you been practicing that? So I, so I've been doing that for over six years. Oh my God. Yeah. And then, so then, then I just, I wanted to know more and I wanted to learn more and I would go to these group meditations and these like so-called knowledge meetings and I don't know, like I met some gurus and I just thought they were a bit whack and I started (laughs) to see the cracks in all of this Mm. Vedic meditation, TM sort of the industry part of it really turned me off Mm. um and then I heard that there was this place called the Bakhti Centre on um First Avenue and First Street in the East Village wow yeah 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 yeah. just Mm. there and you can go and they've got they do yoga classes they've got a temple um and they do these Ayurvedic massages and I was like okay great so once a month I would give myself this little gift and I would go and I would get a treatment there and then this was like yeah this was many years ago and then like just over the years I just became more intrigued like what is what happens in this building and they're like well on Thursday night we chant I'm like what do you chant they said the Maha Mantra I said what's that they said Hare Krishna Hare Krishna I was like you guys are Hare Krishna (laughs) they were like yeah I was like 
I didn't know. I felt cheated. Like I've been coming here for a year. I didn't know you guys are the ones on the street and the airports where if you live in New York, then you know you've seen <laughs> 14th Street, Union Square. Yeah. Right. Always out there. Right. Just taking it to the street. Right. So for me growing up, the Hare Krishnas were weirdos. We were like, yeah, so like keep, no. keep walking, keep walking. Don't let them in the eyes. Just keep going. <laughs> you know, what's with those weird ponytails? Totally. And so I was going into this building you know once a month and having a great time and like really interesting conversations with these people and just found them to be just so beautiful and such an emphasis on service and like how can I serve the world and myself and my friends and whatnot Mm. and then yeah and then I just totally got into it I started chanting with them and you know it became part of you yeah 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 it's beautiful yeah so what what things do you love? Like, do you share your faith or your practices with your daughter? Mm-hmm. And outs- if you do outside of that, what do you love doing with your daughter? Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. So she, um, yes, I I chant with her. We have a little altar in, in our apartment. We've got, like, our little musical instruments, and we sing and we chant, we burn incense, and we dance around. And I bring her to Kirtan. Kirtan's the, the, what they call the chanting that they do on a Thursday night. Okay. And I'll bring her sometimes. Like, sometimes it's not my week with her. And sometimes it is my week with her, but I actually really want to go and have a little bit of a cry and sit in that dark room silently and just sob. And True. I don't want her there for that. Yeah. Um, but I do... I do kind of bring her in on my spiritual journey and she's she's just she loves it because she's she doesn't have that shroud of um you know inhibition and and judgment that I certainly had when I was first mm. doing it like this yeah. is hella embarrassing <laughs> but people are concerned you know and, and her dad was definitely concerned for like the first year that I was bringing her he was like Zoe it's a cult it's a cult I was like babe it's not a cult why don't you come down and see if yourself my family were concerned that's what my family would say yeah they were like she's, she's chanting and everything like, she's crazy they chant together she's did crazy. you hear they chant together I don't know what happened to Zoe <laughs> Um, she got the baby in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. We make a lot of art together. Naturally. Um, naturally, yeah. yeah. I mean, her mama is an artist. Right, 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 right. Um, we get naked, we dance around. Yes. Yeah, yeah. She's obsessed with my vagina, is that right? So, of course. Yeah, thanks. Um, she. <laughs> but yeah, what do you mean by well, that? Well, because we, because I, I, I have baths with her. Like that's my favorite. That's actually my favorite thing to do with my daughter is to mm-hmm. have a bath with her. We got a little tub and we cramp in together. And then this is so hippie and I'm about to vomit in my own mouth. No. I'm tell you guys this. I'm like, what you want? And then mums, but I mean, how did that happen? Your street edge is gone. But I take the soap or the body wash or whatever, and then each part of her body. I wash I thank so and I talk about why I'm thankful so, so I know it's so cheesy it's disgusting like so you, you can do it now and so then you're like thank now. you hands you make all this art for Cleo oh. thank you back look how strong you are you keep up Cleo's head thank you tummy you take all Cleo's food and you know all of that shit and um, right now she loves it I'm sure that will last for about another year and then that will never to return like, maybe oh, maybe listen out confession my mom in the room I took showers with my mom until I was 
together massage <laughs> just enjoy it all now for That's sure so cute but yeah so she in the bath your breast <laughs> is the same size as your mother's you talking about you doing <laughs> I love it. You're taking a bath with her. Oh, it's okay. Not? We're not in a judgment free zone either. here. It's okay. I won't. I won't. I won't. I just really fun. love my mom. I know. I see. Clearly. <laughs> but yeah, no, she recently, she recently told me that she thought, so we were in a bath together and uh, she put goggles on and she put her whole head under the water. And I was like, I don't know if I should push her head out of the water to not <laughs> get soaked. <laughs> But I don't want to make a weird thing out of it, so I just, so I just sat there, and I, because I knew what she wanted to take a good close-up look, good like goggles, everything, proper under the water, like oh, she comes up, puts, takes the goggles off, she goes, "Mom, you have the best vagina oh. in the world." Which and I'm like, what other honest. ones have you even seen? Like, you have no frame of reference here, but I will take it. And then she goes, except for that part. And she points to the top, yeah, to where my clit is. And she goes, that looks like a golden raisin. Ah! <laughs> yeah, I did not say that. That's, that's pretty poetic. No, you, that's that pretty poetic. Like a golden raisin. Like, that's pretty poetic. Baby, that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Actually, what it is. raising, Cleo. <laughs> oh no! Yeah. Poor my baby would be like, "Mommy, where's your vagina? <laughs> I don't see nothing but black." Because <laughs> that's where all Lucy's hair is. This is not her head, and I don't even know that for a fact, but no. I know it for a fact. Let's see a rainforest. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <sighs> Amazing. Okay. On that note, Zoe. That's pretty. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you for, for having me. sharing your life and your golden raisin and <laughs> all the sweetest parts of you. Oh, bless you. Thanks oh, for having God. me and for letting me listen into your chats as well. Oh, you guys are incredible. Thanks for being incredible. part of it. What a Absolutely. beautiful story. That's a real ass cool mom. Mm-hmm. This part of the show is called Ask a Cool Mom. Mm. Mm. Um, we had folks slide into the DMs and ask their questions about motherhood. We left it totally open. And so we have Shadora, 27, from Washington, D.C. She is seven months pregnant, and she writes, My biggest concern is postpartum wellness. How are you getting through it? What are you doing? And what items or products have been most helpful to you? Mm. Mm. Well, this is good because like, we're both three months out of the woods, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I haven't quite found a product maybe that resonates with me that's helped me with postpartum wellness. I think it's time. So I just need time. I need time away. That's been my plan is to go on a, like a mommy hiatus. Being a creative mom who works for myself, I didn't get a proper maternity leave. Mm. So I've been going, 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 and now I think I've hit a wall. And so my my suggestion, my little bit of advice would just be to surround yourself with a community of women specifically um, that can help and support you emotionally uh, from cooking, cleaning to just saying, hey, how are you? Mm-hmm. And then also like go sit down. I would say what helped me was, again, friends. 
Not family. Family, <laughs> but not the Jamaican aunties. It was more so um, they helped too because they were just, they actually, they were the best support system. They bought me soups. Um, they bought, they brought me food. Like all, they, I got everything. Actually, I was really pampered. So I guess like having the best support system um, was a huge help. Having people get things for you was like amazing help. Mm. Because I kind of, I didn't give up, but it was, I remember sitting down and saying, I don't want to do anything. I can't do anything. Like this baby and I are just confined to this room. And I just, and Akeem was that person in my ear, like, you got it. You're still strong. You, you're good. And if you don't have an Akeem, then you can have a best friend who can remind you that you got it. You're still strong. Just mm-hmm. keep moving forward. Um, and I guess sleep. So that goes back to sitting down. Oof. Right. Good luck. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There was, that didn't exist. So I was crying. I was willing to pay anybody for sleep. Um, someone told me to get a waist trainer. Me and Elise talked about it. Right. That didn't do anything for me. My I'm belly's still get jiggling. My belly is still jiggling. So that didn't work for me. Um, I was dying to exercise. And um, six weeks after, I was like, let me just run a mile. So if you have something that you did before, continue mm. to do it. It's more so like not stopping. And try to, like, okay, good advice. All throughout my pregnancy, Akeem said, I was like, I can't do this no more, I can't do this. And he's like, babe, it's perception. Mm, right. If you feel like you can, if if you feel like you're not going to be able to do something because you're having a baby, then then of course you're going to feel a little bit of ugh, yucky. Mm-hmm. He's like, just it's all perception. Just figure out ways to do what you've always done and make time for it. And he is absolutely right about that. So it's honestly staying true to yourself. And that's such a cheesy term to say, but staying true to yourself and finding ways to do what you like to do. There's totally. no reason mm-hmm. to stop. Thank you so much again, Zoe, for spending time. So fun. Thanks yeah. for your candor. Lizzie, it's my first time meeting Zoe. And you I were know, such a pleasure. Thank you. There has to be more. You should be on my mommy team too. I'm gonna be texting hey, you. Hey, I want in. Let's that. recruit them. Yeah, cool moms. Yeah. Now, yeah. come on, don't leave me hanging. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> original, original. <laughs> Sweet. Till next time. Yes. Not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. <laughs>